Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to a beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Spring Developer Advocate Josh Long, and this show is all about the real heroes behind Spring and its ecosystem. Hey, fans. Welcome to another installment of a beautiful podcast. It's the 29th of February, 29. It's a leap year, just fun. We have an extra day of the month, yes. That's neat. Um, so anyway, happy leap day to you. Hope you enjoy this extra day of fun. You know, it, it's it's... It's starting to become my favorite time of the year. We're leaving the depressing doldrums of the worst time of year, which is winter, and fast approaching springtime, which I love. I love springtime. No, no surprise. Even before I loved spring framework, I love springtime. Who doesn't love springtime? It's the best time of year. Uh, the weather is warm, but not like, you know, sizzly warm. It's uh, comfortable. Weather, you know, days are long. I love long. Like, I get depressed in the, in the winter. I'll be honest with you. I'm in San Francisco. Which is not super north, it's but it's fairly north. It's not as north as say, uh, you know, Canada or, or Alaska or something like that. But we do get darker here, just a smidge earlier than my home city of Los Angeles, which is just a bit south. It's four hundred miles south, and so you know, I, I just I don't know. I'd, in the darkest days of the year, you know, around Christmas time, it's it's starting to get dark by four, you know, by four o'clock here, and yeah, of course the sun comes up at whatever, eight plus, eight o'clock in the morning. So you have very short days and and I'm not a morning person to begin with. So it's just, a, I, I just don't like that time. Uh, but here, yeah, uh, the sun's up nice and early and the sun's, uh, it's still light out by 6.30, which is great. That's only, we're, we're, we're two months into the year. We're not even two months, right? We're, we're, oh, I guess we are. We're two months in an extra day into the year and the days are longer, thank goodness. And I'm just, I, I just from last night, I sat there looking outside going, so good. I'm just sitting on my balcony, just just enjoying a cup of coffee and reading my iPad, catching up with some news and all that. And just, to, just you know, the city is beautiful. I love San Francisco. It's, it's a beautiful city, and we're by the water, so there, we have the view. I have the view of the water next to me on the balcony, and the city, and just all the hustle and bustle of people doing their thing. All that to say, just a really good time, really, really amazing time of the year right now. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. I hope that if you're listening to this, you're listening to this, maybe in a park or on a bench somewhere, sitting out in the middle of the city, just find a park bench or find a city bench and just sit and have a cup of coffee or something. You know, like it's really, really nice time to be outside. You can bring your laptop, go find a cafe with some big windows and let the sun radiate. You know, it's just a, it's a, it's a wonderful time. So friends, you know, I, I just find it's just been such a wonderful, wonderful week as well, whether or not, obviously, by the way, everything I just said, forgive me. I, I didn't mean to be a What's the right word? Hemispherist or something like that. I, I didn't mean to preclude the situation of the people in the Southern Hemisphere. Obviously, I'm talking about my particular context here in the Northern Hemisphere. Forgive me. But whatever. If you have some sunshine in your in your locale right now, and nobody's talking to you in Southeast Asia, I know you have great weather all year round. Okay? It's not fair. No, don't rub it in. But yeah, take some time. Enjoy it. It's a really good time. This last week has been great in particular because in addition to just being beautiful outside, we had, uh, you know, finally, the, we had uh, new checkboxes added to start.spring.io for the Spring AI project. Now, you might have heard about this AI thing. It's it's everywhere. In fact, I, I'm, I'm halfway thinking I should try and set up a dueling AI coding assistant plugin thing to see who can like, you know, if they if they all let loose and can correct each other's code, what would happen? I think I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't think I could have all the plugins running at the same time in the same IntelliJ idea instance, but I could maybe have like five different IntelliJs and then install like uh, IntelliJ AI in one and then install, install CodePilot in the other 
and then install Amazon Q and then install Google Duet API, AI, and then install, what's the other one? We did Copilot, we did Amazon, we did uh, Google, we got IntelliJ, forgetting one. Forgetting at least one. But uh, we can have them all in separate, like isolated IntelliJ instances. You know, I, I just, I would just install five different, I guess, I guess I could probably just set, I couldn't have IntelliJ installed into local instances, or worst case, I just run them all on virtual machines. I just launch five Windows machines, install IntelliJ in all of them, and then paste some error code in one, get it to fix it, then paste that product into the other virtual machine with the other IntelliJ, get that AI thing to fix it, paste that into the next one, and see you know, what the result is if they all, like, do they ever get to the point where um, it's done, <laughs> and they all basically say, this cannot be improved anymore, it's perfect, you should get a middle. I don't know. I'd be interested to see that result somehow. Anyway, AI is everywhere, right? It is ubiquitous as can be. And I did a video on it on Spring Tips just a few weeks ago to, you know, people love it. They're loving Spring AI. The video is very popular because Spring AI is very interesting to people. So yeah, check that out. bit.ly forward slash spring dash tips dash playlist. As always, it's there for your consultation. And you'll find the you know, you'll find that video from a few weeks ago, as well as the countless others there as well. I do a new video every week. This week and last week, I did a video on the Spring Authorization Server, the first steps. And then this week, I continued the uh, discussion looking at how to extend Spring Authorization Server to work with messaging integration flows, like if non-HTTP headless sort of endpoints, and to work with uh, single-page apps like JavaScript apps. How do you secure JavaScript CDN-delivered static HTML pages and assets using OAuth, right? And you don't want to muddy and complicate your code constantly having to pass around the JOT token and so on. So we take a different approach and it's really smart. It's using the gateway. And it, it's as simple as can be there. You can write the JavaScript code without having to worry about the auth stuff and, and and get the benefit of having it protect everything. So it's the best of both worlds. So anyway, check that out. But anyway, back to AI. AI has become, it's it's amazing. It really is just an amazing opportunity. You know, I'm, I'm rebuilding the system I use uh, for my podcasts. I'm, I'm building a better, smarter system. And uh, I'm using... Spring AI, of course, I have to update the code now because we just got point oh, sorry, 0 0.8.0 release uh, last week, I think. They have checkboxes now in start.springdale for everything except, and again, the checkboxes landed literally this week, okay? Literally this week. And, and, and the release of Spring AI came out this week as well. Come to think of it, yeah, both landed this week. And we're already talking about the next release because there's already so much new functionality and I think that'll be like next week or something, you know. We have uh, new support from Google's Gemini, right? So this just landed in in, in Maine. It's a really amazing. It's a, a Gemini is a new AI that Google is saying it's the first multimodal AI. So you can actually send like a video and say, tell a story about the video or you can send an audio file and have it create a video out of it or you can have a, or at least create an image out of it or you can have a text and have it generate sound or something like that. I don't know. It, it, apparently, it, it it can think and work in and produce all different sorts of outputs and inputs. I haven't really tried it, but I've seen some amazing demos. And and that's there in Spring AI. And of course, it works in GraalVM native. The other thing that's really, really interesting about this is that the token size is gargantuan, just the absolutely insanely large token size. That means you can send huge amounts of text into a request and and that's fine. You don't have to condense it or, or compress it or whatever, right? So so that's really amazing, right? It's a multimodal API, I rather. And what is, I'm looking right now to, to see if I can find the token size. It comes with a standard 128,000 
token context window. But starting today, a limited group of developers and enterprise customers can try it with a context window of up to 1 million tokens, right? That's, I don't know, how, how big is War and Peace? I mean, you could, so remember, there, there's this whole industry, this whole cottage industry that's built up around, hey, I want to like integrate my LLM with some, some disparate data that I have on my side. I need to give it context to inform the response that it gives me. And so I need to take that data, ingest it, synthesize it, stuff it into a vector DB so as to make searching for things by similarity easy, and then connect that to my LLM. And that whole process is called the Retrieval Augmented Generation, or RAG. And Spring AI has, as, as its purview, all of that. And it's all of that. It's amazing. But, you know, a million tokens. I mean, even 120,000 tokens is enormous, right? I, I forget what GPT-3.5, right? It was, it was nothing. According to this, it has 16,000 as the context size limit for both input and output tokens. So I think that's combined. 4K is the limit of the output tokens. So like, I'm, I'm just Googling search results. I'm not sure if these are up to date, but that's obviously that's a, a long time ago. ChatGPT 3.5 is what was basically in play when we when we got ChatGPT in, in, you hear that slam? That was a door slamming because the wind, it, it, I was just speaking about nice spring weather. And of course it's kicking up wind. Anyway, I think it was like 4,000 tokens, right? I, I, I could be wrong. Something like It was very, very small. So to be at a point now, just a few years hence, where we have 128,000 or even a million tokens is phenomenal. It changes the dynamics of how we build these systems. And of course, it's a it's an arms race, isn't it? It's a, As soon as Gemini comes out with that, I'm sure OpenAI will follow. And OpenAI is obviously the leader in this space for the moment. But you know, Google seems to be closing the gap very quickly. In fact, you might... This might be the thing that is is ahead, right? It seems to perform faster for for similar responses. It seems to have very good results. So it's just really interesting. I really, you know, really, really impressive situation to be in. And this is just two two years, right? Right? It's just two years. Uh, so goodness. There, okay. Google. Now this is Google. Take it with a grain of salt. Okay. Google blog.google.com or just blog.google. Hey, wait, do they have their own thing? Is there are they their own TLS? Wow, that's that's true. That's pretty cool. They have blogged at Google forward slash technology, forward slash AI, forward slash Google, Gemini, next generation model, February 2024, all with dashes between the words, forward slash context window. And if they say, okay, 1.5 Pro can perform highly sophisticated understanding and reasoning tasks for different modalities, including video. For instance, and this is where it blows my mind, if you give it the 44-minute silent buster, give it a 44-minute silent Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton was a amazing black and white actor in the 30s and the and so on. The model can accurately accurately analyze various plot points and events, and even reason about small small details in the movie that could easily be missed. So you can have it watch a 44-minute movie in black and white, silent, and it'll tell you what happened and give you nuance that you might have missed. That's incredible. It's incredible. We live in an age of unprecedented um, opportunity and capability now. So anyway, that's at the tip of your fingers, right? You can use that from Spring AI now. Just just uh, in, in, use the starter, right? And uh, if you want, you can use 8.1 snapshots, 0.8.1-snapshot builds in our Spring snapshot repository. Just go to start.spring.io, choose snapshots. It'll automatically configure the repository for you from Maven or Gradle. Uh, and then you can just add the dependency to get the main nightly builds of Spring AI that contains the Gemini support. All of that is going to get, and of course, we'll have checkboxes for that next 
whenever point eight point one releases, right? It'll still be a milestone release. It won't be it won't be a release, but uh, it'll be there. So, friends, all that to say, I am super keen on AI. I'm super keen on the uh, the possibilities of what happens if you let a computer help you work with a computer, right? Help you write code, help you write and do things, right? I write a lot of stuff. I've been using Grammarly for years, years, like five years now. And Grammarly is, uh, you know, it's incredible. You can, I'm a native English speaker. You wouldn't know it to listen to me, but I am fluent in the language for whatever definition of fluency you want to apply in America. And, and you know, it's, I still find Grammarly to be just the most amazingly productive tool ever. I was able to write my last book without having a proper copy editor, right? Because I was able to just sit there and throw things into Grammarly and work through all the, this is the trick, is you got to work through all the uh, suggestions, right? And have it give you feedback and you just work with it one by one, as opposed to, here's the thing, rewrite all of it. Then you have to go through and try and figure out what the delta was. So you don't know what you, if it's a big enough text, you'll lose track of what has been changed and for, for what reason and why, whatever. So I love Grammarly. And I, I've been a big fan of I assisted writing and code for a while now. And uh, so it's to that end that I'm very excited for this week's guest, which is uh, Ronnie Dover. On the, uh, and he's going to be talking about the Digma AI plugin. Now, this was recorded actually last October. So it's actually five months old. I just have to get this episode out. It's really good. And we sat down at Devux in Belgium, if, if you recall. And if you've heard this podcast before, you know that I really, uh, that for some reason, that last Devux Belgium, it, there was an energy there that was unlike, I, I don't know, there's something, I, I, I'm sure that part of it is AI and part of it is just the, that utterly surreal moment in which we find ourselves, that's, that situation that we find ourselves in, that, that moment in time, unprecedented. Just the excitement, the palpable excitement around what Java is doing, what AI is doing, and, uh, and so on. So to be able to sit there with Roni and, and kind of learn about Digma, what a pleasure. So I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. We actually did a live stream on my YouTube channel if you want to watch the demo, but you can understand what we're doing in the demo from this podcast. And of course, we had a good conversation and just a really interesting tool and uh, technology and it's available for IntelliJ, speaking of. So you can check that out as well. All right, my friends, enjoy. As always, go go listen to this, then go to start.spring.io and get those checkboxes going. There's support for vector stores, there's support for different uh, LLMs, there's support for all sorts of different stuff. So check it out. Thanks, everybody. See you next week.
to hear us. We're at uh, we're in Debux, Belgium again, uh, live, uh, and uh, I'm sat here with Roni Dover. Dover, that's an easy name. I could have I could have remembered that one. Sorry about that. We're sat here with Roni Dover, who is the creator, and who's just showing me this thing called Digma, which is pretty neat. It's a uh, I mean it's a plugin. Uh-huh. It, it's it's right now it's an IntelliJ plugin, which is great. But but uh, I guess you'll come on. Probably port to other uh, IDs as well. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, what is the what, what's what's the genesis of it? Like, what's the reason you created it instead of just, you know? I've not. been a a developer for almost twenty five years. Uh-huh. I started with Java. Uh, I went through a bunch of other languages. Came back to Java uh, recently. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, it's changed quite a bit. Yeah, I love what you've done with the place. <laughs> uh, Change the curtains. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, much less XML. I love it. Oh yeah. Um, and as a developer, I was really frustrated by the fact that we only found things out after the fact. There were lots of issues. Everybody in hindsight could find them and trace them to the logs or to the traces or metrics or whatnot. Right. But it was only after the facts. Yeah. And I saw this wealth of data and observability sources that's so easy to get. But developers were not using that because it's a bit complicated and unwieldy. Okay. So you wanted uh, easier, you wanted to reduce the time it took to find the source of a given. Yeah. I, I, you know, you should start with the very basic. Like I remember I had um, a discussion with a developer and he wrote this amazing extension to the data access layer. And we found out three weeks later that it was never used. And I asked him, like, did you check? And he said, how? <laughs> so so this is kind of where it kind of dawned on me that there is this disconnect between the code runtime and developers. And like uh, our only bridge is maybe debugging and testing in some in some cases. Yeah. But it's not a perfect bridge. So I, I wanted to see how we can actually, you know, leverage open telemetry and other things that are other kind of Parts of the organizations are benefiting from like DevOps and SREs. Like, why, why shouldn't developers do this? And it's the same pipeline. It's the same. If we're if we're familiar with uh, open telemetry, and I think a lot of us are, then it won't feel untoward or foreign to like repurpose that output. You know that data. Um, okay. So in theory, it's a plugin that knows about open telemetry and uh, it can instrument your app. Mm-hmm. In practice, it's a lot more. I guess we should just try it out, right? So. Um, right, a little bit. Of, I have one wrap it up my sleeve, which is that we just installed the plugin mm-hmm. before we started the live stream. Um, and a uh, good thing too, because on the conference Wi-Fi here, it it took a minute. It it does. It's doing a lot of really enterprise e kind of stuff, but only for development, right? So as a result, I I am um, going to start sharing my screen here. Uh, okay, entire screen. And by the way, the reason it took some time is because we made a decision not to start off as a SaaS product. Right. Oh. Because developers weren't, didn't want us to take information, and rightly so, because they didn't know which org policies they'll be violating and PII and all of that. Right. So essentially, the entire analysis engine is running locally on your laptop. It is a uh, the, non-trivial. I think you can all see that now, but we did this five minutes ago, and there's a... Well, it's a distributed system. It's, a, it's an actual yeah, it's, pipeline it's, for data. Yeah. yeah, And then later, you can also run it as a health farm somewhere and not on your laptop and, and take information from multiple environments into it. But if you want to experiment and see what it can provide, it's just a very quick way to get up and running, assuming you're not on the, uh, the, the Wi-Fi from the uh, conference. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, don't, don't be on the wi- conference Wi-Fi. Um, 
.NET? Yes. So we, it has .NET, it has Python uh, services. Uh, the plugin is in, in Kotlin and Java uh, developed. Um, and it's basically, we took the, the, the right uh, or different languages for different parts of it. Sure. Nice. Okay, very cool. We live in an age of miracles. .NET running on Linux on my Mac. That's a, <laughs> a wonderful thing. All right. So we have now, uh, let's, let's, I guess we just uh, built something, right? So I'm going to go here and just see what I can do. I'm going to get myself oh. just in trouble. Start that spring Um Maven 3.2.0, um, you know, feed back. I want to use this. I use right. Postgres. You're going to be the first one. <laughs> Dev tools, web, add a JDBC. Okay. So that's pretty stock standard stuff, right? Like, yeah. Did you, do you have anything special with GraphQL you can give me? Uh, or should I bother with that? Well, no, not specifically. Okay. We will hit yeah. generate. And uh, so, okay. Can everybody still see my sign here? Let me go make sure. This, this, this. There's a Slack community, which is always good to know. Uh, oh, yeah, I can't see. There we go. Okay. Um, okay, so I generated the project, didn't I? Fail feedback zip. It's going to unzip and open. It's going to open up the code in IntelliJ, which is an IDE that I've heard is popular with the kids. Um, the youth. Okay. I guess we're done. Okay, feedback. So I don't know. Like, first of all, how do like you go to the uh, plugins? Let's make sure we start. Like, let's just pretend. Okay, mm -hmm. pretend we haven't done anything yet. Plugins. Yep. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna search Digma. There you go. It's this thing right here. Digma continuous feedback. Six thousand downloads already. Good stuff. Well done. Lots of positive rankings. So it's an IDE plugin for analyzing code runtime data. It enables rapid access, uh, rapid development in complex projects by lit by linting and detecting issues as they appear, highlighting possible risks in code and providing code change analysis in context. I guess that's the live stream. I could have just stopped right there. We're, we could be done right now, but no, we're going to keep going. But that's awesome. That's that. Okay. So gives me error hotspots, bottlenecks and concurrency, query anti-patterns, uh, performance trends, etc. So it's one thing to have the instrumentation in your code. It's quite another to know how to funnel that back into actionable, you know, that feedback. So this will do that and helps you cut out the uh, navel gazing that is required when you look at logs and things like that um, and metrics and so on. Okay, so we got an application. As always, I always start with my, you know, I've got this, uh, I, I think I screwed this up, didn't I? Yeah, I screwed it up. That's the drawing board. Hold on. Let's see here. I'll perhaps some kind of uh, meat to the application, even if it's... Uh, we will. We will get that. So did I... Yeah, this one. And I also want this containers. Nice. And there we go. So now we hit... There we, and I've got this here. That. Open this. Cat. Uh oh, I'm down to my last sixty-four percent. I won't last another forty-eight hours. I think you're good. Percent in one? Yeah, yeah. It'll, it's it's good. only forty-eight hours or so left, and then then I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna have to start looking for power. Um. Okay, so basically, test feedback application. 
but like we got a Postgres image, right? Docker compose, sorry, uh, Docker and uh, test containers. I'm going to tell Spring Boot not to restart that. Um, public static void main from my main code. I restart this. And now we go back here. And, uh, you know, let's suppose I've got an actual service, right? Doing something interesting. Whoa, what is all that stuff? So if you scroll up, you can see kind of what kind of automatically happened. So because you installed Digma, you have this nice toggle. You can do it if you open the bat uh, uh, menu on the right side. Yeah, what does Digma mean? Yeah, so you, you can um, kind of reduce this, click on configure because we want to finish the configuration. We didn't do that. And then this is just getting started. So click on finish and you're done. Oh, now there's a hamburger menu next to the local, which is your environment right now. So this one? You, yeah, if you click it, you can see the observer. Oh. And right now it's on. And what that means is that right now, as you run your application, Sigma will start collecting information about it. So as you trigger API calls and do other interesting things, uh, we'll start seeing uh, the result of the analysis. Of your okay, let me just quickly build something that does a thing. I don't know why, but something. Uh, risk of repository. You use the pet clinic, which I'm starting to think in retrospect was probably the better example, but I just wanted to get something out there. So we'll just start simple. Customer is be control. And customer repository repository. Okay. Map payment. Customer notes. Okay. And um, there you go. So there's that. And uh, once it's SQL data, okay, source in schema.sql, great table, if not exists, customer. And then some data. Hello. Run customer. Insert into customer. Name. Oh, no. Name. Values. Search. Query. Hello. Who else? Um, let's go for for sure. Yeah. That's three. That's three the crap. Three's company. Uh, okay, so work on it always. Command shift F9 to reload the application. So that's gonna be interesting actually. If you're doing a Java agent, but I'm using dev tools to do reloads, does it does it blend? Does it still get instrumented if I do a reload live? Because I did a reload, I didn't restart it, right? So because I didn't restart it, it only then two backlist question. Hmm, I guess we'll find out. If uh, if it works well with the hurts. No static. Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Okay. This I've seen this before. This is not not necessarily. Uh this could just be me. Okay. So loading the post goes in Okay, that worked. Yep. Now let's try. Now if you go even before you did that, uh You'll notice it's kind of small because uh, of the DPI settings, I guess. But you have this little telescope icon on the left-hand side. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. See this dot next to it? That means that we just recorded new data. 
And and this is kind of something that we already picked up on. Like there's not a lot of information yet because yeah. you know, it's just one run. But if you if you go in there, uh, you can, and and you click on the trace button. Where is the trace button? Uh, right? On on the right side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we can ex ex see exactly what just happened. So we can see you had the select. We can see how much the select took. Uh, and all of this happened, I just want to emphasize, without adding anything to your code because it's... I didn't even add the actuator. This is all just... Exactly. Retroactive. It's happening automatically. And you can get the, the specific SQL query. So if you click on tags... Uh, you can actually see like the DB statement that was being executed. Or How did you get access to all this? And this is just done. We're using the great work done by the Otel team. What we found out is that developers were kind of intimidated by Otel because it sounds very DevOpsy and complex. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to streamline it so that you can use it right away with nothing, basically, except adding a toggle. So that's freaking amazing. Okay, now I guess I still... the. The, we'll come back to this, but I gotta like satisfy myself that it like if I reload the code, it'll work. Just very curious. Yeah, it's interesting whether it will work. Does it spawn a new process? No, just restarts. It restarts. It creates the. It's actually it's, it's the same JVM actually. It just throws away Spring, recreates the application context. The, the question is if we started the the process with uh, agent. And then it should still be there, right? It's the same JVM process, right? No, then you can see. Okay, so let's try it. Like, how do I? So yeah, so you just reload it. So let's just click here again and see when is the last time we go. Well, actually, we can try this. We can say customers. Okay. ID. <laughs> Did you hear that, everyone? That poor fellow sneezed. Uh, oh, it's optional. I feel like it's optional, but it is. And so now, in 37, I guess. But I failed to put the ID annotation. Okay. Well, that's because the IDs have changed. There you go. 10. Okay. So that's working now. The proof's in the pudding. Does this plugin yeah, so let's, know what we just you did? You can either go through here. So just go to the home button next to local. Oh, There's a home button. Thank you. So you can go, let's say, to the endpoints. And hey, yeah, you can hey, see hey, the new hey. endpoint. And you can click here. And then now you can... Wow. Oh, that's so and, good. And you can see the exception that you got here. Right. Amazing. But if you scroll up a little bit on the view here. Okay. Where? Here? Uh, yeah. Where? 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 Yeah. Okay. Show me where. Show me where they yeah, go. Exactly. So here. Uh, just scroll back to the... Go click on the back button. Okay. Uh, yes. So yeah, right. click here and then go to, to this function again, the, the get customers by ID. Okay. Exactly. And now can you click on the target button over there? There. Okay. Yeah. Oh, like wow. exactly where it is in the code. So you can go either from the code and see it or from just the, and then you can see the error that you just received. And if you click on it, uh, you can kind of see the stack trace, <laughs> uh, get uh, kind of information about what exactly happened. And you've preserved the exact uh, exception and everything. This is what I, Tried to call the thing with the ID that didn't exist because I had to leave the data. Well, that's amazing. That's freaking amazing. Look at that. Okay, so slow endpoint. Um, let's say it's relative because we only have two endpoints to compare to. And I've only made 10 requests, but yeah. Yeah. Render error. Look at that. Yeah. Freaking awesome. Trace. 
And I'm really just blown away by how deep the awareness seems to go. Like, if I were to bring in RabbitMQ and Kafka and all the stuff. All of these are already supported because they support Ortel out of the box. And is that using the micrometer stuff or like, how's it? How's so it... you can set like how you wish to use it. Micrometer stuff requires a few more dependencies, mm-hmm. but not using an agent, but it's better for production, maybe environment. Um, so if you go to the settings page for a plugin, so just go to IntelliJ settings. Yeah. And search for Digma. And click on the thing up again. So you see here, you have the Spring Boot Observability Mode. Uh, it's the last option, the one for the last. Right. So it either auto oh, or micrometer. Wow. Instead of micrometer, it will ask you to add a couple of dependencies. And it's just, it's not as magical uh, for good and for bad, but uh, uh, we fully support that as well. It's amazing. So if you've already made the investment of like using Actuator, which you want to do, you want to use a micrometer for your production stuff, yeah. Yeah, then you might as well have the unified funnel of data here and this exactly. this will just work with that as well transparently you can install digma uh like that's running locally you can install digma anywhere like it's just a kubernetes sound file okay and then you can direct uh, it's a it's an auto receiver so if you're using datadog or using any other observability that's so like piping it to that supports Otel, you can just set it as the exporter address and eventually you'll start seeing different environments that you can define here so if you go to uh if you click on the um uh telescope so, icon oh. again so you see here, I have the local environment, but you can cl- click on the plus sign and then you can give it a name. So let's say CI or something. Um, and now it's either a local environment or a CI prod environment. The, the latter option will ask you to kind of walk you through the steps of like what it means and that requires email registration. But if you if you click the Digma environment, then we'll just create a new scope for you. And then you can kind of add it to the active run config and start accumulating information there. So. It's just a, a matter of adding an environment variable and your and everything gets tagged with that environment. Well, this is too good to be true. Like well, it's, it's really good. Really great visibility. It's instantaneous. Even with the conference Wi-Fi here being a little slow, it's really, really fast. So what's the catch? Like how do we how do you make money off this? How do we get you to the point where you're happy to have done all this work for us? So our vision was that developers shouldn't pay money for this. Developers don't have budgets, they shouldn't pay for dev tools. If at a certain point of time, you find that it's bringing you a lot of value and want to tie it into your CI and production and install it into your organization, yeah. you're probably going to talk to your DevOps folks and your IT folks or whatnot. Right. And that's where it becomes an organizational concern. And that's where they can talk to us about kind of pricing. And we're, we're a dev tool. We're not a data dog. So our pricing that's is awesome. very modest. I, I'm, I'm really grateful for this. Uh, where do people go to learn more? So just our website on Digma.ai has a Big video and AI. a lot of information. We just finished our product hunt launch, so got uh, great uh, uh, reviews and, and rapport over there. Wow. Um, and uh, and you can get Digma right from here on the right side. Oh, yeah, I can actually... Uh, I'm in Europe, so I have to accept the cookies. Get Digma right there on the right. Yeah, okay. That's so cool. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Let's see what if there's any questions. And, uh, yeah. Ah, look at that. People are, people are excited. Great. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks. Great meeting you. Thanks, everybody. See you around in demo. Bye-bye. A Beautiful Podcast is produced by me, Josh Long. I do these podcasts because I believe that everything we do in software is for and made better by people. 
I want to hear from you. I'm Josh at joshlong.com by email or at S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-A-N on Twitter, where, of course, my direct messages are wide open. Do you have guest ideas, topic suggestions, feedback? Don't hesitate to reach out. If you like the show, then please consider rating it on iTunes and leaving a review, uh, as it really helps the show. I sampled music from Steve Combs's Them from Morning and Springtime and Steve Combs's Small Victory, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons license. I'm trying to hire production assistants to make the production of this podcast easier. I want to make sure that we can add things like show notes and transcripts and, and just generally do more. If you would like to advertise on the show, then please reach out to me. Uh, and if you can't uh, or don't want to advertise but would like to otherwise support the show, then please consider supporting me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Josh Long for as low as $4 a month. Thanks again. No harm came to any seasons in the making of this podcast.